All right, welcome to another episode of Inside Flicks, and uh, this is a podcast created by three brothers. My name is Mike, and like always, I'm here with my two brothers, Richard and Raymond. And in this episode, we got three movies: Reminiscent, which is on HBO Max, uh, Annette, which is on Amazon Prime, and also the new uh, Netflix movie, Sweet Girl. And uh, let me start with. Um, Reminiscence. Now, I'm the only one who saw Reminiscence. Raymond, you saw Annette? Yes. And Rich, you saw Sweet Girl. L- yeah. L- so let me start with Reminiscence because it's a, it has a complex kind of a story. And it's, you know, this is obviously the, the Hugh Jackman sci-fi th- thriller. This is written and directed by Lisa Joy. She is the co-creator of Westworld. And uh, she co-created that series with her husband, Jonathan Nolan, and uh, which makes her the sister-in-law of Christopher Nolan. Um, this is her feature film debut as a director. I think she directed an episode of Westworld before this, uh, and she also wrote the screenplay. Um, the movie is set in this kind of dystopian future where Miami is underwater or, or mostly submerged in water. Uh, we assume that it's caused by by some climate disaster brought on by the rising sea levels and high temperatures. Um, it's also set in a post-war America. Uh, Hugh Jackman plays Nick Bannister. He is a former soldier, a war veteran who fought in a war called the Border Wars. Uh, this climate disaster, we assume, caused like mass immigration. Uh, there are characters in this movie that vaguely talk about uh, at a certain time uh, refugees were put into camps. Uh, there, apparently, there was mass displacement of people, and it seems like all the kind of coastal cities, certainly in, in Florida, are now underwater and they're dying and decaying. Um, this whole plot line, this whole kind of world building, I really enjoyed. What what films did it remind you of? Well, it reminded me a lot of a lot of different films, okay. but this whole kind of like dystopian future was original enough that I thought, well, this is actually quite interesting. And I, the first thirty minutes of this movie, I was really uh, intrigued. But then it gets to the storyline, and the storyline is your basically typical neo noir film. It's a it's it's Hugh Jackman is kind of a private eye. Uh, he's a like I said, he's a former soldier. Uh, but he's now a businessman or he runs a small business dealing with memories. And, and in this in this future, there are, there are devices that you could tap into your own memories. And Is it because the, the, the people in their memories are all dead? Well, yes, yeah, so it's, it seems like everyone in this world is extremely unhappy and they're using their memories to escape from the, you know, the harsh realities of the world and and. Yes, it, there some people are think wants to remember a time where where time where the world was much better. And so it's sort of like Tom Cruise and Minority Report, but it, exactly. it's like there's it's, a, there's a lot of Minority Report in this. It's a lot of Dark City, mm-hmm. but and a lot of people have complained that this was kind of a ripoff of Inception, which right. I think it's totally unfair. But I do think this is a ripoff of Catherine Bigelow's 1995 film, Strange Days. I mean, 
and that's the reason why I wanted to see the movie because it reminded me of that movie and that movie I I, I like a lot. It's like one yeah. of the I think it's one of the better sci-fi movies that came out of the nineties. And not so I was actually surprised that not only does it feel like Strange Days, it's almost a ripoff. It's a very <laughs> there's a lot of things that are very similar to that movie. So they put that political um espionage whatever spin whatever on it uh, no it's mostly just the, the the relationship with the the, the three characters here so you got okay. hugh jackman who is a uh, you know like i said he's he runs this business he runs a a memory business he has these pods where people lie in these pods and they can mm -hmm. tap into their own memories like in strange days yeah. uh, it, it becomes an addiction and he has a partner who is played by Tandy Newton, who okay. is his former uh, war buddy partner. She's she is a loyal sidekick, and then Hugh Jackman kind of falls in love with this new client of his, and she is like the typical femme fatale. This is played by Rebecca Ferguson, and she is a club singer. Again, this kind <laughs> of dark city. It's dark city, but it's also it's, it reminds me of the the love triangle in Strange Days. Uh, oh, okay, you know. Ra yeah. uh, Ray Fiennes is in love with Julia Lewis, who is a you know a, a singer. Yet uh, Angela Bassett is his loyal sidekick, who also has feelings for him. Uh, I, so there's a lot of things to like about this film, but ultimately I was kind of disappointed with the third act. The third act is really just a typical neo-noir storyline where this man is being seduced by this femme fatale and when she mysteri mysteriously goes missing he is propelled to find her and on that quest to find her he kind of discovers the awful truth of who she is and i think ultimately th this movie doesn't really says say anything other than you know you know what is love i guess that's the main <laughs> question in the movie yeah. uh you know because like in minority report Yes, that's a fugitive action thriller where Tom Cruise goes on the run. But, I mean, that has, like, bigger issues about how crime prevention, even the questions the validity of, of memories and stuff like that. I mean, and Dark City also questions what is reality versus, you know, metaphysical experiences, you know. So, in Strange Days was kind of a, inspired by the Rodney King of... Uh, uh, case and it, right. it, that film explores you know police violence and the corruption. This movie doesn't really says anything other than it wants to be some kind of uh, you know typical Sam Spade type of private eye kind of uh, uh, so, so is it basically kind of like just like Strange Days but with like a Nolan makeover? I would no, I want I want to say Nolan. I mean because I, I haven't seen the movie, but everyone says it has that Nolan look and feel to it. I suppose th there's similarities in in vision, but I, I think I think it's very easy to compare this to Nolan's work because there's a, that you know relationship. That's you know she's the sister-in-law, but I I think it's more neo no it's more kind of a neo noir science fiction thing. Um, so is there a mysterious bad guy in this, or is it or is it just yeah? There's bad you know there's there's a they're living in a corrupt city. So yeah, there's you know corrupted politicians. There's a corrupted cop. There's a drug lord played by Daniel Wu, who actually gives a pretty decent performance in the film. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's nothing like that original. the the main The only thing that's kind of really original is this kind of world, this futuristic world that that feels very um, tactile and it feels also very uh, prescient. 
it's not it's not like overly exaggerated and it's not like this this future is not like a sensationalistic it's it, it, the vision of the future feels like it ma- might actually happen uh-huh. it, it, that's what i really loved about it but it doesn't it kind of abandons that whole idea for this kind of just typical neo noir story so what do you think of the Lisa Joyce direction? I mean, did, was was the film? How was the film's pacing? Was it uh, like, like you know, fast? I guess not as fast as Minority Report, of course. But when I tried watching Westworld, and I couldn't get the the pacing was just way too slow on this show for oh, me. Oh, too uh, slow. Yeah. Well, yeah, I found so. the pacing in this this film re- resembles Dark City because okay. bo- because Dark City starts with kind of like frantic uh it's kind of uh dealing with memory and it's you know a lot of the editing is very fast and very kind of loose and that's what this movie kind of feels like i i find her actually i find her you know directorial debut promising mm-hmm. there's nothing that i don't hate about it i just don't like the probably this the third act of the script oh and also there's no bigger question or there's no bigger issue she's trying to examine uh she built this really great world it's really kind of this great dystopian world but ultimately it kind of fails with just being a kind of a a um derivative of a lot of uh, neo-noir thrillers that we have seen i'm going to give this a unenthusiastic recommendation there's a lot of things i like about the movie uh it's an okay film i i, I don't know if i mean i can understand why people don't like this movie at all the main thing I keep reading is that it's very boring. Uh, I mean, it's... and people, people, uh, people have brought up some of the other movies you reference and stuff like that. But um, everyone just made the main thing I keep hearing is that it, it's just not worth sitting through. It's not worth the time. Well, I've seen I've seen worse movies this year. Yeah, and and there is some ambition in the movie. It's just that I, you know it's one of those things where I wish it was better and I wish it, it had a little more originality. That's all. Yeah. I think if people like Hugh Jackman, because uh, Hugh Jackman does deliver a, a pretty decent performance, but for me, it kind of feels like he's going back, because especially when we just saw him in um, Bad, Bad Education, which is also on HBO Max. Yeah, Bad Education, which is also on HBO. I mean, that seems like he was trying something different. This feels like kind of a step back to the the typical role he would would do, which is to say that it's not a bad performance. I think it's still pretty good. He what he ends up doing. I mean, ultimately, I think this movie is about, you know, f- falling in love, <laughs> you know, this is kind of about like a, this is like a weird love story. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, which I, I don't know if, if that's enough to, I mean, how I is the chemistry between the Hugh Jackman and um, Rebecca Ferguson? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, I think the uh-huh. whole cast is really good. There's like I said, there's a lot of things I liked about. It. I think the look of the movie is really good. The cinematographer uh, Paul Cameron, uh, I forgot what he has done before, but I seen that name before. He is yeah, Tony Scott films. Okay, so he uh, he is uh, uh, has a there's a good visual uh, aspect to this movie. Uh, if I want to give it a grade, I would give this kind of a a, a C plus, a C or two, a C plus. Okay. Yeah. But I would actually, I would recommend watching Strange <laughs> Strange Days instead. I mean, yeah, of course. Uh, or you know, Minority Report or Dark, Dark City. You know. All right. Yeah, it's an unenthusiastic recommendation, and I think if you are a fan of Jack- Jackman, I think you would be fine. And you're a fan of this kind of like neo noir films about love. That that's uh, I, I guess it would be fine. Okay. Well. Uh, Annette. <laughs> yes, let's. Uh, Raymond, tell us about Annette. What is this movie? 
Okay, well, I went into this completely blind. I didn't see any trailers for the movies before choosing to watch this. All I knew is that, um, you know, Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard, I love both of them, so I was inter instantly interested in watching this. Um, I read online that it, one of the Sparks brothers had written it or something like that, but, I, you know, I, I didn't care. I was like, they were able to score Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard, so I'm still going to check it out, right? Yeah. So, um... I should start off that you know, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of art house films. I'm a fan of art house cinema. Mm -hmm. um, I usually love watching movies that challenge me, but you know, I'm not a huge musical fan. I can tolerate them and appreciate them for what they are, but musicals aren't you know they're not my go to genre. Mm -hmm. And then that unfortunately is a or unfortunately for me is a art house performance piece opera musical. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this definitely challenged my patience. <laughs> I mean, it's a long-ass movie, right? It's like two, two and a half hours. Yeah, two hours and 20 minutes uh, with credits. And, um, you know, maybe if the payoff of the movie, like the ending, had been a bit more effective or rewarding, I'd be more positive on this whole thing. But the screenplay for this movie is pretty bad, in my opinion. It's a very pretentious screenplay that should have never been produced. The director of this film does an incredible job at making this movie seem and look better than it actually is, but it's a very empty movie. Marion Cotillard is absolutely phenomenal in it. She plays a famous opera singer. She does all of the singing in the movie and is, you know, really impressive. Um, Adam Driver is also great in the movie. He's His singing also kind of tested my patience. Uh, I thought he gave an outstanding performance in Marriage Story. There's a scene in that film where he has to sing, and it's, it's, it's really good. But in this movie, he has to kind of sing like a, like a Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and um, let's just say he's not as versatile as a singer as Marion Cotillard. Uh -huh. But he's, he's still really good in the movie. I mean, he's the star of the film. I mean, Marion Cotillard's actually really just like an... I'd say maybe 20 minutes of the movie spread throughout it. Adam's the star. He's in like every shot. It's him. <laughs> it's his movie. And, you, and you were saying that before we recorded that this was not just a musical, but I mean, there, it, every dialogue is singing. Yes. Every single word in this movie is sung. The whole thing is, it's like an opera in a way. It, it's like if, um, it's like uh, Sweeney Todd in a way. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. like if they were, but if they were doing Sparks music. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, the movie wasn't for me. If you're a fan of like performance arts and operas and musicals and you know pretentious bullshit, <laughs> then you'll probably love this. If you're a part of that like L.A. New York circle jerk theater crowd then you're probably going to really, you know, love this movie. For myself, it's like a D plus. It's not an F because I think the director really does a damn incredible job at just making the whole thing visual. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a really stunning movie to, to look at. I mean, he does a, an incredible, incredible job with this, but this thing really should have never been produced. The screenplay is just not worthy, and it's it's it, there's no reason for this thing to be as long as it is. I mean, maybe if you were to cut this down to like a 30 or 40 minute short film or something like that, there could, there could be some merit, but it just, it really felt like one of the most pretentious things I'd seen in my entire life. <laughs> uh, I, I blame Edgar Wright for this movie. 
<laughs> I know the Sparks had a huge resurgence because he did a documentary on them this year. And um, I don't know. I really don't think this movie would have ever gotten produced if it weren't for that resurgence. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this had been in production longer than the documentary, but I, I doubt it. <laughs> that damn Edgar Wright, man. You believe that he, like, he made Baby Driver, right? Yeah. And he didn't put the Kiss song Baby Driver? <laughs> like, what the hell, man? Well, like, does Edgar, rights, does Edgar I mean, Wright... No, Edgar no. Wright hates Peter Chris. <laughs> that, that's what happens, right? He hates Peter Chris. He's like, if he was a Sparks brother, he would have put it in the movie. <laughs> yeah, Gene Simmons will put anything in a movie. <laughs> what's what's the music like, though? I mean, it, I mean, it is poppy, I guess. It's a pop music kind of uh, musical, or... Yeah, it's kind of like it's like it's like the Sparks, but there's a lot of opera on it too. It's, mm-hmm. but it's not like opera. It's it's like the Sweeney Todd type of opera. It it's Sweeney Todd Sweeney Todd mixed with Sparks. And you you, you said before we recorded that Sparks do show up in the movie. In, in... They, yeah, they pop up throughout the movie like in random cameos and stuff, and it's yeah. really annoying. I just because they just they just pop up and they're like, "Woo, we're singing!" And, and, we, I'm just like, and oh, this is God, our song. The <laughs> These are yeah, yeah, this is our music. Get out of here! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just had a fist in my in the air every time they came up. <laughs> Uh, you you also said that uh, that uh, this just took you almost a whole afternoon trying to watch this film. It took you forever. Yeah, it was. This really challenged my patience, man. Like I, it was a difficult sit through for for me. Like it was it was it was challenging. Mm-hmm. I'm not into this stuff. I'm not. I don't go to, you know, these theater things and. Right. performance piece it's not it's not for me i'm i'm amazed that people are into this stuff really <laughs> the director he is uh a cult it's very talented what's what's his name leo it's a leo it's um leos carax Car- i don't know carax i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that correct correct and he's a french filmmaker right mm-hmm. and i think the, the the film that he previously did before you know was uh, a a cult hit uh the holy motors was that yeah. it holy yeah i've always wanted to see that movie and, and but i never unfortunately never got around to it and he's someone um, ava, yeah. ava mendez was on it for like five minutes or something like that yeah yeah it's like a surreal film and he's kind of a surrealist and i guess mm. you know he is very known in france or at least he's some kind of art house favorite and yeah the, and the the dude, like he, he brings a lot to Annette. He's an immensely talented guy, but I mean, the screenplay when there's so little there, when there's so little to work with, it really this, this felt like a Tim and Eric sketch that went on for two hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> but like, you, I'm you're, serious. But you're a fan of Tim, Tim and Eric. Yes, but not not like this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Tim and Eric, that show is like twelve minutes, and they do multiple sketches. <laughs> this is this is too much. And I, I I was I was trying to get into Annette. Like it's super weird. There's a bunch of stuff that visually didn't work, but I was going with it like the first thirty forty minutes. And after a while, it was just like no. <laughs> but I but I still I still kept watching. That's why I kept pausing it and coming back to it because I wanted to give it a fair viewing. I didn't want to just hate watch it. I wanted to come back and you know be fair and, and there really wasn't much there it's very empty mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there yeah. there the only reason to watch it is is for i guess for adam driver and uh Mar- marion coltyard i don't really want to go into the specifics of the plot because 
Um, the trailers don't reveal anything, I guess. I mean, I didn't see the trailers for this movie, but from, I, I mean, I was telling you guys about the plot before we recorded, and you guys were like, this, none of this is in the trailer. I'm like, no. oh, okay. I mean, maybe I shouldn't talk about that stuff. I guess from the trailer, you just learned that it's some kind of love story, and uh, yeah. It's not really a love story. Oh, okay. So, it's I, well, yeah, it's very vague, the, the trailer. Oh, we didn't even know it was all music. It starts, it, it starts off as a love story. It starts off as a love story. It becomes more of a, a story of a, a father and his daughter, mm-hmm. and um, uh, the f- father. It is. I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to get spoilery, and I don't want to say anything insulting. <laughs> so, not a recommendation. No, I give it a D plus. It's not a not a recommendation. I only give it a D plus because there's really good acting in it and because the director does a great job. But I mean, the, this movie is so empty; it should never have been produced. So you're saying the script is horrible? The script is atrocious. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. That was Annette, which is now available on Amazon Prime. Uh, Rich. Yes. Let's hear your thoughts on Baby Girl. No, what's it called <laughs> Baby Driver? Sweet Girl. Sweet Girl. Which is a Netflix original film that stars Jason Momoa. Yeah, uh, I watched this film and it's about uh, Jason Momoa plays this not so ordinary dad who we never really know what he does for a living other than being some sort of uh, amateur MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a wife suffering suffering from cancer and uh, a little girl played by uh, Dora the Explorers, Isabella Merced, who actually does a pretty good job, I mean, considering this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Momoa uh, and his uh, daughter, uh, are they're, they're sharing their time tending to his sick wife. A miracle drug is suddenly found giving them hope, uh, but that drug gets pulled in the last minute from a billionaire played by Hangover's uh, Justin Bartha, who just so happens to be uh, to going on live, uh, doing a live interview news program, uh, and then uh, Momoa sees this and takes this opportunity to... Uh, to uh, threaten his life uh, during <laughs> during his wife's uh, final hours, and then he, he says uh, 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 he he calls in and and basically uh, tells Bartha that if my wife dies, you're next. And what, what, but what happens? I mean, it's because the, the, he was pulling the drug off he, the the market. The market, yeah. It was a miracle drug that could have saved her life. Okay, yeah. Well, she dies eventually, and and uh, oh, really? Yeah, and then we see uh, Momoa give a, a, a full-on Oscar-worthy grieving performance on a movie that's best <laughs> on its best day. Well, Mike could win an MTV Best Fight Award. That's about <laughs> it. Uh, so after the wife dies, uh, he goes by, and, and uh, time goes by, and a mysterious reporter calls him out of the blue to set up a meeting to tell him that he's discovered a conspiracy and he needs his story in order to bring Martha uh, brought to justice. Mm-hmm. And, but of course they meet shortly and he gets killed right away. And Mo is now, uh, is now in a knife fight uh, with the, with a, a Terminator type murderer. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately uh, in this film, he's no Aquaman and, and uh, <laughs> he gets his ass beat <laughs> who, and he narrowly survives and is uh, forces himself to go on the run with his daughter, uh, but uh, and and then he finds out the hitman. There's there's even more hitmen chasing him down and trying to keep him silent. 
and then of course they go from uh, being chased to becoming the hunters themselves because they need to get now get justice for themselves. Let me let me ask you this because this is, seems like a, a film that you will love. I mean, you love those this, type uh, of action movies. Yeah, this is a Liam Neeson all over it. Wait, but, so wait, wait, so Momoa's like going going after these like pharm- pharmaceutical dudes. Well, the pharmaceutical Justin Bartha is the one who basically he blames for his wife's death. So yeah. <laughs> mm. And, and uh, but of course, there's conspiracy this, over it. And this is like the same plot as that Adam Sandler Netflix movie, The Do Over. Well, you, I guess, uh, <laughs> you had the privilege of watching that. I didn't. Unfortunately, I didn't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, after, plot. yeah. Okay. Let's get back to to this. I mean, this is the type of movie you love. And so, did you at least yeah, it, enjoy it? Had, it or? Watching the trailer, it looked like a maybe like a, a, a good fugitive knockoff or maybe even John Q, uh, which I kind of liked, Denzel Washington. But, mm-hmm. um, but no, I mean, this movie is all amateurish, um, very like amateurish, <laughs> uh, like uh, writing and even direction. Uh, I know this is a first time director. He's basically um, one of Momoa's best friends. He's his partner for the last 10 years, uh, business partner. Yeah, these guys <laughs> go back. I mean, uh, Momoa's acted in like his short films, and um, I, I think Momoa even got him a role in the Conan the Barbarian uh, reboot because it says the director played a monk in that movie. Uh, <laughs> and, oh. befo- and before and before making that film, like he, he uh, Momoa had acted in some of his short films. So I'm like. The, they go all get him a role in Conan. That's so weird. <laughs> they go way back, probably. They go way back. Yeah. 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 But yeah, the film. I mean, yeah, it's it's very very generic, and uh, it's just uh, it's just nothing to. But what they do on the third act, they go total haywire on this, and this is, and that's where they really lost me. You mean like a twist ending or something like that? Yes. Uh, Yes, uh, it's basically done, uh, and just to, it, it seemed like it was done, in, um, I mean, during the shoot. Oh, like, they let, made it up? Yeah, like, because, oh man, I only got like 60 minutes worth. Let's do something else, <laughs> you know, like. So the whole script feels like an improv, or? Yeah, or, the whole third act, I mean, it, it looks like uh, they like, uh, it's too 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 corny for me. And so That's how you. Annette felt from beginning to end. <laughs> Let me ask you about uh, M- Momoa as, you know, playing this average Joe. Does he kind of comes off as like a, like a dad or like, a, you know, I mean. Yeah, what? I mean, he, like I said, during one, uh, his wife's death scene afterwards, he, he, he does go for it. But mm. I mean, all through the movie, he's, he, um, he's not, you know, you know, you know, he's not going, yeah, whatever, off, man, whatever he's, he, uh, you know, so he's, he's, he's going, you know, he's playing, he means he's, he's being dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's, he, it's a, so it's a good performance by him. He's not a very good MMA fighter and, and or whatever, so he gets his ass beat for, and you don't I, want to see that in a Jason. Well, Moore I guess film. I mean I guess that's like what you you would see in like a Bruce Willis, you know, like a diehard diehard. He's not really you know the greatest fighter. Are he the gets, guys at least a lot bigger than him? No, <laughs> which makes no sense. Uh, Are there? Is he at least really outnumbered? Uh no he's he's not outnumbered either no I mean not how many really. guys is how many guys are knocking him out it's it's always one on one I mean what it, yeah it's not like uh you know like old boy or anything like that I mean <laughs> how about um uh, Elizabeth Isabel Marcet 
yeah isabel merced i mean she's how, the, how, yeah how's her how's her her acting she in, does a good performance actually i mean for what this you know this movie calls for her. i mean it's it she she does put a workout in from what i understand she was almost batgirl and then that she you know it, she could have been pulled off a batgirl i mean if it, that would have been weird because she's five foot <laughs> yeah that's true i mean well maybe we that's small... one of the reasons why she wasn't picked but i mean she she looked like she could uh take on uh, i mean it was her action sequences with her yeah i mean uh she did uh train uh alongside her father of course yeah uh, so. so and they had good chemistry together not really <laughs> <laughs> um but who i really feel sorry for is michael raymond james who plays a, a another bumbling fbi agent who's he's best known for true blood and uh i know him best for uh terriers that short-lived uh series that ran on netflix but originally it was on fx fx yeah um but uh yeah i really wish there was something else that he could have done in this film with his character but i was really hoping to expect that at the end mm -hmm. nothing it was just you know paycheck here you know that's <laughs> it yeah so Whoa. and it's yeah but so it's it's another kind of disappointment i guess yeah the film was from what i understand it was a pretty cheap movie and probably the most they spent on it was the uh, rights to a uh, sweet child of mine from axel rose <laughs> and, and uh the uh the scene at the, the in the trailer the where jason momoa is about to jump off of the stadium top Mm -hmm. that's probably the most expensive scene and that was the opening scene with, and then it goes into a flashback which i hate i always hate those flashback scenes especially on television series but in movies it's even worse but yeah the film itself it's i think the script is probably even more worse than the uh the direction the the best thing about it is the, the acting um but yeah i like you know i mean I kind of like that Liam Neeson, the last name Liam Neeson one, with the the the, the <laughs> which was also ridiculous, but not this ridiculous. The, the, uh, the ice the, trucker, the film? ice trucker one, yeah. I can't remember uh, the name. Yeah, we, but, we reviewed it. Uh, ice Road, yeah. Ice Road, yeah, yeah. Uh, but this one, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't recommend this. Uh, only if you're a Jason Momoa fan, but mm -hmm. it's not the real Jason Momoa. You get a punk jason momoa this one <laughs> well he's the dad he's the he's a no he's normal dad jason momoa but he, he, no dads look like that <laughs> yeah and i don't know what at least no dad no dads that get beat up look like that <laughs> at least no dads that get beat up by one dude like what is that come on yeah it, it's you know it's the cheap direction of the stunts mm. you know he's getting beat up basically he's not getting like knocked down and like unconscious you he's just not even breaking arms or nothing oh, <laughs> oh i see i see what yeah. You mean. yeah 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 all right so that so not a recommendation from you no i can't it's a, a would you grade it um i have to go just the acting alone d minus i mean that's the only oh, plus wow. on it that's wow. the only plus on it you should watch a net <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was our review of Reminiscence, um, Annette, and um, Sweet Girl. Of all these movies, um, <laughs> there's one recommendation for Mike. Uh, Un unenthusiastic re recommendation. And, and, and I've got to say, from hearing your review, I'm pretty sure that I would not like the movie, but I can't, I, I didn't see it, so I can't say anything. <laughs> uh, 
All right. So um, that's it for this episode of Inside Flicks. Thank you for listening. Um, yeah, Rich, tell us uh, where they can hear our past episodes. Uh, they can find us on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or even iHeartRadio. And they can find all our links at InsideFlix.com. Okay, so we also started a YouTube channel where we have our kind of weekly chats, and it's mostly uh, superhero stuff, TV stuff. Uh, search YouTube for InsideFlix. All right, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back with a new episode very soon. My man. <laughs>